G'day, and welcome to Lunch Money, uh, the online and social media home for workouts, special situations, and capital raising specialists. Uh, my name is Nick Samios. I'm the director and fund manager here at Hermes Capital, and I have the pleasure of being your host. Uh, so uh, once again, welcome. Um, just a reminder, uh, if you're on what social media, to uh, like, share or subscribe uh, to Lunch Money on YouTube or on uh, iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to us, uh, maybe give us a five-star rating. How about that? That'd be a great idea. Uh, if you're watching us live, uh, we invite you uh, to pop a question. If you're on YouTube or LinkedIn or Facebook, for that matter, uh, they all have the faculty for you to, to pop a question, and um, we can put those questions uh, to our panellists as we go along. Victoria is in lockdown again. That's what's happened in the last week since our last uh, episode. Um, and the numbers coming out of that state, uh, to say the least, are discouraging, if not outright depressing. And you ask yourself, you know, haven't we been here before? We fought this battle. We've gone through, you know, we've climbed that hill. And, uh, and here we are again. Uh, are we going to go through it again in New South Wales? Um, I've got a friend who's a business owner, and uh, he his business certainly suffered a, a steep decline in revenue when we shut down in New South Wales. He's now back on his feet. Uh, his revenues are back up again. Um, but he said, you know what, if we've got to go through this again, I just don't know if I can take it. Um, and so I think that, uh, you know, as individuals, uh, as businesses, and as a community, uh, we're all going to learn something about, about our resilience and, and our own personal resources, I guess. Uh, at Lunch Money, we talk about, well, at Lunch Money, we talk a lot about corporate restructuring, business turnarounds. And so this week, uh, we're going to talk about the personal journey, uh, whether it's uh, hanging in there, uh, bouncing back, or uh, getting stronger from that which what did not kill you. Uh, I don't think that didn't come out quite right, but you know what I mean. And uh, so to that end, uh, Spotlight is on resilience, and we've got two excellent uh, guest panellists uh, to, to talk to about that subject today. And I'm going to start off by introducing our first panellist, uh, Arabella McPherson. G'day, Arabella. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Nick. How are you? Fantastic, fantastic. Arabella is a principal at Resonate Communications. Uh, she's a communications expert. She does a lot of coaching uh, with CEOs uh, on, on communications, but a lot more than that. She also uh, coaches on influence, uh, on managing people under extreme pressure. And she's also an expert on resilience as well. I know that a lot of the coaching uh, is around that subject as well. Um, Arabella, just tell us a little bit more about what it is you do. And also, we're interested to know about what's been keeping you busy um, this week. Well, thanks, Nick. I'm a corporate communications coach, as you said. I work with CEOs, executives and senior leadership teams from all sorts of companies in Australia, Asia, the UK and the US. And uh, around pitching, presenting, influence, negotiation, conflict resolution. Uh, but over the last week, I've got a bit of a secret, Nick, oh. <laughs> in that shh, I moved up to Byron Bay because... Oh. And on ABC last night, they had a, a show on everyone moving to different areas and Byron Bay was the focus. So, uh, yeah, I've made the move up to Byron Bay. I think COVID had a big impact on me personally. And so I needed to take action, which, which right. I did. And this last week, I have been seeing a new personal trainer. Don't tell Mel Melbourians because they're closed. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we've been working three times a week, working on diet, working on getting all that, all the health stuff in order, which is really important right now. And and what, what about, I mean, professionally, do you find, uh, you know, what, 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 what's, what's the sorts of issues that trouble your clients professionally in these days? 
That's a really good question. And in particular with Melbourneans, I've been talking a lot with colleagues and clients down there and they are very, very depressed. They're losing motivation. They're, uh, they're angry and frustrated. I think it's one thing to have the whole country in lockdown, but just to have a certain area in lockdown makes it very, very different. Even though I think that there may be a lot of rolling lockdowns throughout the whole country. So what I've been talking to them about is a few things. Firstly is acceptance. And that's the hardest thing because they say, when will it go back to normal? And I, I run a, a workshop on COVID and my answer is never. It's not going back to normal. There is no normal. And yeah. we don't know what it will look like if, there, if something does eventuate and stabilise. Yeah. And the second part is flexibility. So now, okay, how can I be more flexible? What can I do to meet my psychological needs so that I feel good? And the third part is resourcefulness. And that comes really from being more creative and saying, okay, what do we have access to? How can we help ourselves be in a better state of mind? So mm. they're, they're, they're in a lot of pain. And I think Australia itself is, is uh, in a limbo land, which means that we get worried. And uh, with fear comes a, a whole set of behaviours. Look, I think that, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think we are the lucky country, though. I mean, I think that if there was anywhere I had to hunker down, uh, Australia would probably be, you know, the place to be. Um, some of That's our Kiwi friends might might want to dispute that. But uh, I, I think that we're in the best place in the world right now. I just wanted to ask you, just along the lines of communications, are you doing much, any training at all on on, on communicating through Zoom and, and, and all that sort of stuff? Mm -hmm. Great question. Well, we moved our business online in September last year. Right. So we've been running all of our programs uh, online, including Influential Conversations, which yep. has been uh, one of the most popular courses at the moment, which is a four-week course. And right. what we've been teaching people is if you can nail online communication, then you will be outstanding when you're face-to-face. -face. So if face-to-face -face happens at some point. But doing online is way more difficult than doing face-to-face -face because you've suddenly got someone in an environment that you don't have any control over and they've got all their notifications, their emails, people walking in, kids, dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to be even more strong on your communication skills, which means knowing how the brain works, how to influence it, how to embed messages into their unconscious and how to overcome resistance. Right. Well, uh, on that note, um, our next guest is certainly outstanding face-to-face. -face. Just uh, we'll put you on pause there for a moment, Arabella. Uh, outstanding face-to-face -face and certainly uh, with the odd subliminal message, and that's Ian Hyman. G'day, Ian. How are you? Pretty good, thank you. Fantastic, fantastic. Ian uh, is, of course, the principal at uh, Hyman's Values and Auctioneers. Um, now, Ian, you've been the, the CEO there for 36 years, so that's not much career progression, is it, really? No, I've moved nowhere. I've moved absolutely nowhere. <laughs> so, but I'm happy. But, uh, but in that time, uh, you've certainly seen it all. What, what, what is it that keeps you busy uh, of late, Ian? Well, there's been a few issues um, over the last uh, 12, 18 months that have really sort of come to the fore at the moment. Cyber risk is a big one at the moment. We're putting a lot of resources um, into encrypting our files and valuations. Um, you may be aware that there was an incident uh, not so long ago where uh, um, another member of our profession uh, was uh, very um, unfortunately affected by uh, a breach of uh, confidentiality. And um, wow. uh, it's, it's a great concern for us and for our clients. So I think you know, most of our funders that we work for on the pre-lending side are very keen to ensure that 
our standards are up to date um, with the current technology, and uh, we put a lot of time and effort into that. Uh, the other areas um, we've been working a lot of quite a lot of business valuation work's been quite strong during the last uh, six months. Is uh, I think even since COVID, um, there's been a number of uh, shareholders leaving businesses, in particular small right. shareholders being right. bought out, uh, needing to determine uh, buy prices. Yeah. Um, and I think um, the the other areas, I mean, just the basic stuff. You know, find, it's budget time. You know, we've just finished our budgets, um, which have been really challenging. It's been a real challenge for next year to know to try and predict you know, when things will return to normal or, or, as Arabella said, maybe never, but, you know, what can we expect in the next 12 months? What should we budget for people-wise, marketing, et cetera, et cetera? It's really tough. Yes, yeah, certainly budgeting and forecasting is uh, is really tough, and we, we tackled that uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, when we had Jamie Holroyd and Michael Ford on. Um, and uh, it's interesting, I mean, you talk about getting hacked. I mean, when Elon Musk can have his uh, Twitter direct messages hacked, uh, I think we're certainly all in a lot of trouble there. And you mentioned um, business valuations for, for partners getting out. Just, yes. just talk a little bit about that. Well, well, uh, what's, what's happening is that as businesses are being challenged, um, uh, often uh, small shareholders, whether it be in professional practice or businesses, were brought in for a particular skill um, or on the basis that they'd made undertakings regarding revenue generation. And they're obviously finding it difficult at the moment to, to meet uh, those uh, those targets. And as a result, they've been put under pressure to either leave or as a result of the pressure, they're deciding that it's time to, to get out and either do their own thing or try and find another uh, another employer that will uh, maybe um, you know be able to serve them a little bit better than they are currently. And that's professional services? A lot of professional services, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah look, we're certainly seeing a lot of our colleagues in professional yeah. services. Uh, I mean, it's interesting because we're all expecting this massive amount of work at some point in time. And uh, you know, they, they, it's, it's when they make those sorts of decisions, you wonder whether or not they're uh, they're uh, undermining their future. But that's that's another subject uh, for another day. For another day. Correct. What we'll do is uh, we'll bring Arabella back, and uh, we'll get on to our theme for the today uh, about resilience. And uh, I'll start off with with you, Arabella. I mean, what 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 is resilience? Let's let's sort of define the topic. What is resilience, and is it something you can learn? Good question. Resilience for me is the ability to deal with any situation at any point under any circumstances. And so rather than seeing it as a one-off thing, it's almost a process. And it's a process for people to say, okay, what do I need in this moment? How do I get it? And how do I get it consistently? So for a lot of my clients, uh, I think that they're being challenged because they were running on a, on a certain level. Most of them, massive companies, very, very profitable, doing extremely well, and suddenly they've, they've lost a whole lot of revenue. And so they're starting to look at, okay, let's invest in staff and employees in a way that they didn't before. Right, that's interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and, and do, you think that, uh, do you think resilience is something that we can learn or is it something that we're either born with or not born with? <laughs> I've learned a lot in my life, so I like to think that everyone can learn, but it depends uh, what situation or state they're in. For example, two people can only communicate if they're both in okay space. And as right. soon as someone goes into distress, they attack, blame or shut down, become passive aggressive and cannot communicate and that other person will quickly follow. And I use a tool from NASA that looks at how people behave under pressure. And what we're seeing is that everyone is in distress. Everyone is in, under an extreme amount of pressure. And so people aren't in okay space. So how do you teach someone who isn't in okay space 
how to help themselves come out of distress and back into okay space. And that's, that's a really interesting set of questions. I think though that since this is a global phenomenon, I can't even say that word, phenomenon, <laughs> um, uh, that people across the world are supporting each other and finding ways. Um, I, I was told to avoid the productivity porn. So things coming up on your uh, on LinkedIn and Facebook and you should be doing 20 push-ups and this is the... Oh, yeah. I hear the phrase, there's, there's, this is the more than ever. If I hear that oh. phrase one more than ever, you need to dot, dot, dot. Um, it's too much and people can't take it in. So it's about getting it really simple and saying, okay, what do you need? As we look at the brain, the most important part of the brain where every single decision goes through is the primal brain. And that's asking, am I safe? So number one is making sure that people feel safe. Then secondly, we start to meet their other psychological needs. Does, does that uh, resonate with you, Ian? I was just thinking, I mean, you and I wouldn't know anything about, uh, you know, those sort of negative reactions, but... Uh, but uh, yeah, look, I think uh, obviously what, everything Arabella said makes absolute sense. I think um, having been in, in my own business now for 37 years and I've bought and sold and uh, been less and more successful in different businesses, uh, I think what you find is that stage of life has a real impact on resilience. I think as you get older, your ability to bounce back becomes more challenging. Uh, right. uh, I don't say that necessarily from my own personal experience, but watching, um, you know, in, in the current environment, talking to directors who have been in business for 20, 30 years and now not being able to really be in control of their own destiny. And, and that challenge, they've been through it before. They, they were around for often for the, the last recession, the Y2K crisis, the Asian financial crisis, the GFC. And I think this is, is for some people, it's just one, it's one step too far. And they're really struggling with the fact that they can't control what's happening at the moment. It's totally out of their control. Um, and they don't know what is going to happen in the next day, week, month, six months, 12 months. And, and that's, uh, I think, uh, really challenging people's resilience. I was thinking of having the Chumbawamba song as a theme for today's uh, <laughs> thing, but it's really about uh, resilience through drinking. So I didn't think that was entirely uh, entirely appropriate. Um, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that, that. I guess the other thing, Ian, I mean, something that Arabella touched on, I mean, I guess, Anyone that knows you knows that uh, you're the, the the king of networking, um, you know. So, and, and I think that one of the things that uh, you know, it's all about having people around you and, and giving support. Um, I mean, do you find that that that's something that's that's helped you? Uh, you know. Yeah. Look, I, I I think people become quite insular in these situations. Um, I've always tried to be very conscious of people in my network who who may be suffering distress and to try and provide support and comfort. Um, uh, whether it's just a phone call or catching up for a bite to eat. Um, if you could see me without the camera and you could see all of me, you'd understand that I do like to have a, a bite to eat from time to time. Um, but I, I think it's, you know, that type of support is really, really important. And um, I don't think there's still, I think there's enough of that. I think that's, that's still a struggle for most men in particular to, to pick up that phone and sort of say, are you okay? Uh, yeah. Which is part of that, that uh, marketing campaign. But I think it's it, for those people that do it, I think, um, they would be getting some some wonderful satisfaction out of the outcomes. I must say that uh, I was angry tweeting the other day. I've actually got to, I'm going to delete my Twitter because it's, it's disastrous. <laughs> but but then yeah, a friend uh, a friend actually got in touch with me and said, "Listen, are you okay?" Mm. And uh, I said, "No, look, I'm just just having a bad a bad evening. Really, there wasn't a lot on TV, and uh, you know I, I, that, that's where I was going." Um, Arabella, I, I, I was doing um, you know I didn't want to be a hundred percent off the cuff uh, on this topic today, so I did do a little bit of research. And uh, one, of the, one of the things I came across 
you know, the, you know, there's all these checklists of, you know, what is resilience, and there's the seven pillars of resilience, and and all that sort of stuff. One of the one of the uh, one of these schemes I came across was the factors of resilience, and they included in there, there there's four different factors, and one of them was communication skills, mm-hmm. and that wouldn't have been necessarily the first thing that popped into my mind, but um, I thought, given that you're a communications expert, maybe you could talk to to that. Why are communication skills so important in in, in resilience? Yeah. I suppose because uh, this is the time when people do need more support. So uh, it's funny hearing about your tweets, Nick, because I... Don't look them up, please. I am. But at the beginning of COVID, when when we went into lockdown, I had this great idea to do two videos a day on Facebook and Instagram checking in with people. And I wanted it to be really real. So I'd say I'd have a theme for the day and then I'd do a check-in and get people to take a deep breath in. And then how are you feeling? What do you need? Uh, and that was great, except that I had to then share my journey throughout COVID. And I did it for about two months <laughs> every single day until it was a little a little too revealing. But the whole point is checking in with what it is that you need and then being able to communicate it without shame, blame or attack. Now, when there's a stress like uh, a pandemic, we go into fight, flight, freeze, um, but you can't fight a virus you can't see. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, can't, we can't flee it because we're stuck in our homes. And uh, we go into freeze mode and we don't communicate what, what it is we need. And so it's, it's a really important skill that takes you in any relationship or any business or any role that you do, how am I feeling, what do I need? And now how do I communicate that without shame, blame and attack to the other people? Yeah, blame, shame or attack. It sounds like, um, you know, dishwasher stacking time in my household. But um, the, uh, one of the things, and, that, and, then, and then I just did something there, which was probably oversharing a little bit. But but I think that what you're saying is that, that certainly, I think that one of the, you know, I think good salespeople and good communicators and good negotiators do, you do have to share a little bit. You know, sometimes you maybe have to, mm. to reveal of yourself and that opens up uh the other, other, the other side to, uh, to to revealing as well. Um, in in your uh, in your journey, um, you know, obviously you're a um, you, you've been a lot involved a lot in charity work, and you know, so you've met uh, all sorts of people who have had uh, challenging situations, you know, thrust upon them, and and you know, this COVID thing, this will come and go. Um, but you know, sometimes people get challenges in life that, that that they're with them for the rest of their lives. I mean, how how do you find? Do you find um, is resilience you know something that is thrust upon you and you just you learn it, or what is it that you find in the people that you've met? You know, through your charity work, uh, what have you learned about them? What are the differences about how they cope? And, and what look, I think uh, I think early on when challenges, uh, and we're talking about fundamentally uh, people that uh, have a disabled child, for example, which is in many cases is not known before the event. So firstly, you have a very sudden cataclysmic event, um, uh, which you don't know very much about. And then you have to try and uh, identify the support mechanisms that will help you through that process. But the initial, I think one of the great things about uh, the human being is that the ability to instantly step up for most people in Mm -hmm. situations is quite extraordinary. And uh, it's very inspiring in that space, and I've, I've had so many inspirational touch points with people over the last 30-odd years uh, in relation to that, the people that have really just gone bang. Um, okay, the, the ball game's changed, 
Um, I've, I've got a clear path. I've got to, I've got to get on top of this. Uh, and it, there's no recriminations. There's no blame game. It's just, okay, what's the best way forward? So I, I think, you know, one of the things possibly we've, we've lucked out on a little bit in our school system is that we're not teaching our children to be, um, you know, to, to show that resilience. And I think for, for people that it's thrust upon like that, um, that is that natural resilience that we have within inside of us. And subsequently, we learn through life, through, you know, people like Arabella with uh, those programs, which sound fantastic, um, how to be resilient. So I think the two are very important together. But I think it's very hard if you don't have a natural tendency to be resilient, to start with nothing in the petrol tank, so to speak, would make it hard, hard much harder for you. Interesting. Uh, Arabella, what, what, what do you think? Absolutely. So what Ian's talking about is is uh, is a beautiful state of mind where someone is fully charged and they, they're becoming fully adaptable. And as human beings, we are. We've adapted throughout the ages to all sorts of different conditions. And so that's at the basis, a, a part of our prime, primal part of our being is to be flexible and adaptable. But what Ian said um, is about making sure that we're fully charged. And that's a really important thing. And most people don't know how to charge their own batteries. So how do I meet my own psychological needs so I can now interact with this situation under great pressure or distress? And, and that's really important. For example, some people need social interaction. They need to have face-to-face. -face. They need to be around people in order to feel like they're fully charged. And how do you do that when you're stuck in your home, maybe living alone? That, that becomes very challenging. Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, I, I know I've got, you know, I've got kids who are, uh, you know, 19 and, and 21. And it's, you know, if you cast your, it's a long, you know, uh, not so long for you, Arabella, but certainly for Ian, if you cast your mind back to when we were, when we were those ages, uh, you know, imagine being locked down at, at that age. So certainly that's, that's um, very challenging. I mean, one of the positive things I take away from what you've both uh, said is that what, what you're really saying is that we can all do it. You know, there's no, you know, we've got this innate thing to bounce back. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe that's a starting point is to have the belief that, that you know, we can bounce back. Um, I'm, I'm just, um, just uh, I'm wondering about some of the other coping strategies. I'm, I'm, I know, Arabella, that, that, um, that this concept of, re uh, of resilience sort of fits somewhere into the concept of emotional intelligence. Is that, is that sort of your ballywick as well? I mean, how does that, how, how does that fit in? Yes. Uh, so... Again, it comes down to if you're not getting your needs met, then you psychologically won't be able to deal with other people in a healthy way. And uh, I am often brought into conflict resolution situations or mediations where someone, a boss, will possibly be attacking or bullying their team. And once I sit aside with the boss and have a conversation with them and ask what's going on for them, I find out they're going through a divorce, they're trying to sell their house, they can't sell it because of COVID, um, their mother's, you know, just a whole sort set of circumstances that's putting that person under pressure. So when you are put under pressure or you yourself put yourself under pressure, then you're going to react badly. Uh, so I think what, what it's calling for now is, yes, more self-awareness. What is it that I need in order to feel good? And also stopping in that moment. Uh, it actually happened to me on the weekend. <laughs> I had some friends who came up to visit and I took them into a shop in Byron Bay and the shop assistant, I think she thought we were shoplifting or something, but she was incredibly rude to us and ripped open the change rooms and we were in there and 
and it was borderline abusive. And it was just interesting to see how we reacted to it. My my first instinct was, am I safe? And I was like, yep, I'm safe. And then secondly was to have compassion, like what's going on for this woman? Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, the next day I was in the doctor's surgery getting a vitamin B shot so I could feel nice and energetic, and there she was. And wow. she had it in her hands and she wasn't well at all. So I think uh, we've got to put the judgment aside and have more more compassion. It doesn't mean anyone can treat you badly. You still need to set boundaries and speak your truth, but mm-hmm. understand that there's a whole lot going on for people. And this is even without a global pandemic ha- happening, mm-hmm. but that compassion element is is really, really important. And that, in fact, helps you become more influential because people trust you more. Interesting. Uh, and uh, one of the coping mechanisms or one of the things that I think uh, uh, that, that builds resilience is is having focus, mm. and interestingly, one of the things I found was that uh, to help you have focus is to have a secondary passion. Um, now, you know, I, I don't know whether a wine is your secondary passion. I don't, I mean, wine. You know, I mean, is, is that something you find? Uh, it, it could be. Uh, look, can I just actually make a comment? Um, I'm one of those very social people, Arabella, and to our listeners that uh, do need a lot of social interaction. My my average week. Um, would generally be twenty somewhere between twenty and twenty-five face-to-face meetings, uh, with uh, often breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Uh, you know, married on the same day. So I personally found, um, uh, whilst financially I'm okay, I've personally mm-hmm. found that lack of social contact to be extremely challenging. Um, mm-hmm. And at times, it's um, I say it's been depressing, but it's it's sort of uh, you're not in control. I, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm used to being in control of myself and my diary. Of my, you know, of, of our team uh, and our direction, and most mm-hmm. of those things have been taken away. So I feel like I'm sort of out in that limbo area a little bit, um, uh, and that's affected my, my, you know, my coping ability to some extent. So, but I agree with uh, with Nick that I think having other interests is very important. Um, um, mine has been for for a long time now is um, activities involved in the the disability sector, and I spend a lot of time in there and I get a lot of satisfaction from that. But again, in a lockdown situation, there's very limited things you can do in those spaces. Um, so I think for, 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 for outgoing extroverted people, this is a really difficult time. And I'm probably at the top of that curve. Um, and uh, and I can say quite openly and honestly to people that I've, I've really struggled at, at times with um, that inability to um, to meet my normal routine um, and do the things that I that generate results, you know. Mm. So, so what's your advice? What's your advice for, for Ian there, Arabella? On that? Well, <laughs> I, of course. <laughs> so I sat down to do a webinar for 150 people. And before I did it, I did a little video to my audience about doing a check-in. And I just started crying. And I said, I'm just really struggling right now. And uh, my mother called me straight up and said, take that off the internet. But I left <laughs> it up there because um, a lot of people contacted me and you know, some people, they'd had a friend commit suicide. Other people had, like, it was just horrendous what people were going through. And, uh, yeah, I think number one is accepting how am I feeling right now? Mm-hmm. And secondly, what is it that I need? Within the circumstances, how can I get that as much as possible? And part of looking at a crisis, if you look at crisis, stage one is making sure you're safe, making sure you've got your house, your food, your toilet paper, whatever you need, but also making sure that you've got an entourage which you can have contact with and unfortunately with the first lockdown I didn't do that so I was living alone with my dog and my dog's great but you know (laughs) um, 
he's not quite a person, although I thought he was going to answer back. I spoke to him so much. But the, the, the point is that you, um, you have to know what you need. And if that means making sure that you've got five friends that are okay to give you a hug or meet with you or interact with you. But even the people who are uh, introverts and who prefer to spend more time reading and, and, and data and facts or analytics, uh, analytics, they still need that social element. And I think that they're surprised that they're needing that more than they have before. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that uh, I mean, you're sort of almost at the, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs there and uh, shelter and, and security, but you're also saying uh, build, build an entourage as well, which, uh, which, which is very interesting as well. I mean, look, when all of this first hit, um, you know, the first thing I did, you know, I guess it's, I, I called it uh, walking the perimeter. You know, it's a military term that, that I, I learned from one of my clients. But, um, mm. and I, we actually talked about this in our very first uh, podcast. But the idea was firstly, make sure that your staff are safe and secure and feel secure and, and, um, and uh, you know, feel looked after. And then, uh, and then obviously the next, you know, once you've sort of looked after the staff, making sure the clients are good. Um, you know, making sure that they that they understand that you know we're here and you know here's how we're going to play out through this, so that they can worry about. They've got other things to worry about. What I, you know, what I don't want my staff worrying about. I don't want my clients worrying about us, right? You guys, you got enough to worry about. So let's let's lock that down, um, and then that's that's a, that's a, a base then uh, a base then to uh, to build on. Um, so that so that yeah, it's interesting interesting you say that. I guess the other thing I I, I we nearly had a third. We nearly had a third guest this morning. Uh, um, I was talking to my, my personal trainer, who has done a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, mixed martial arts fighting. You know, he, he's not not anymore, but he's got a career in that. So certainly in that game, you know what it is. You know, you've got to learn how to get up off the canvas, otherwise you're not going to make it. And uh, I was uh, I was going to ask him along, uh, but unfortunately he's he's got clients and uh, etc. But but you you started off Arabella talking about basic physical needs, uh, health, you know, nutrition and and exercise, and, and I guess looking after yourself is probably step one. Yeah, so what you were talking about then about making sure you're safe, your family's safe, your staff are safe, your uh, your clients are safe, your community your community is safe. What we're really doing here, if we look at transactional analysis, is reparenting. So we're reparenting ourselves, and we're taking that that it's called the inner father. It's quite stereotypical. Right. Is it is Freud? Pardon? Is this Freud? <laughs> yeah, what we're doing is reparenting ourselves and saying, okay, the inner father jumps in and goes, okay, what do you need in forms of, in terms of security? What do our clients need? What do, uh, what does our community need? And and step one is getting that physical body really healthy, because your gut and brain connection is, I mean, it's it's so strong. So what you eat will affect your thoughts. But at the beginning of this year, I decided to do alcohol-free 2020. I mean, it was such a bad idea. <laughs> but it's been step one. Okay, how can I just help support myself? Because it's already going to be tough. There's going to be a lot of pressure. And, uh, and then what else do I need to do physically to make sure that I am the best vessel to create the best thoughts? Uh, having said that, human beings, when we're in distress, will will sabotage. We will do the opposite to what we're supposed to do. We've got a mechanism in our brain that makes us do that. So 
heaps of forgiveness for all of us, including myself on all the other things that I've done that hasn't been helpful uh, and just going, okay, what's one thing that I can do today? And for me, it was getting help. So calling up a personal trainer yeah. and uh, he, he doesn't take any excuses. So And uh, and, and uh, going off to Byron. It's amazing how many people seem to be actually, the, 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 yeah, one of my, my personal training partners just spent two weeks up there so uh, interesting place um look let's let's uh, maybe just uh, by way of, of wrapping up um, if we can just sort of focus on the small business owner um, you know they're 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 in well, I'm thinking in particularly in New South Wales I guess where we, where we're really worried uh, I guess Queensland seems to have got itself sorted out they're getting the AFL and and uh, they're getting the car races and all the rest of it. And WA seems to be seems to be fine as well. I mean, I, I you know, WA seems to seems to be going uh, probably the best out of the whole country. But but there are people that are saying, look, you know, they've got their small businesses that they've, they've got the job keeper and they've got things that are keeping them afloat. Um, I mean, what would you say to them to 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 help them uh, keep their heads right to to get through this? I'll start with you, Anne, and then I'll finish up with Arabella. Well, I think uh, I think the important thing, uh, and I've been trying to achieve this myself, is to is to um, s stop blaming yourself for the situation, and and you, you lay awake at night thinking, you know, and our revenue's been down substantially since uh, beginning of April, and uh, it hasn't really moved that much uh, over April, May, June, and now we're halfway through July, and um, and whilst we can tailor our business to meet our revenue, um, obviously that involves some pretty significant decision-making to occur at some point. And, and nobody likes to, you know, have to make those tough, those tough calls. Um, it's, it's quite upsetting and um, when, when they do come around. So look, I think, um, you know, trying to have a, set your own expectations uh, that are realistic. I think that's really important. And to then sort of have a plan, um, not just with your, with your business, but with your, with your family, with your wife. My wife's been an amazingly supporting been married thankfully for 32 years um, without her uh, the job would be so much harder and I certainly empathize with you being on your own as someone who's an extrovert even having my wife at, at home with me um, 24 by 7 for many many weeks um, I, st I, I still found it that I needed more you know um, so I think the plan is really important but also setting realistic expectations and being prepared to accept you're going to go backwards I found I found that the hardest thing to accept initially was that we're not going to be where we were in three months time we are going to be having to make up some ground and no one likes to go back over old territory and have to have to basically climb up that mountain again. Uh, we're going to have to do it and that's what we've got to accept. Arabella? I agree with Anne. It's funny because 12 months ago when we were talking about with a colleague of mine putting out a whole uh, body of work on the crisis playbook, like what to do if a crisis occurs and I and now is the time that that playbook would be in, in play. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's about sitting down, as Ian said, and saying, okay, because no one can deal with unknowns. And the only thing you can do is get control by getting clear and saying, okay, what is the next six months? What's our worst case scenario, best case scenario? And accepting that things have completely changed. So if my business is a face-to-face -face business, how can I do it more online? What elements can I shift or change? And how can I innovate in order to, to get uh, our business still working in a way it needs to? Okay. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, I guess uh, for myself, uh, I just try and maintain optimism. I mean, I, I've said right from the beginning, you know, we are going to get through this. When everybody was panicking about, uh, mm -hmm. you know, face masks and, you know, hand sanitizer. look, the way the world works is that, that you know, eventually, the, you know, 
someone will provide what we need, you know, when it comes to all of that, that manufacturing stuff. We are going to get through it. I mean, in a year's time, in fact, one of the one of the sort of good coping mechanisms, there's a great article called uh, from the Harvard Business Review, uh, Managing Your Energy, Not Your Time. And it mm -hmm. talks about um, the long lens, the wide lens and the reverse lens. You, you're familiar with that one, Arabella? Um, yeah. But, you know, if we take the long lens, the long lens is what is this going to look like in two years' time? You know, we're going to look back on it. We're going to say, you know what, we got through it. Hopefully, we, we made the most of it. And, uh, you know, that, that's one of the things, too, is is making the most of it. All right, look, we, we will just about wrap up there. Arabella, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, is it resumecoms.com? Is that the best way? What's the best way that they can find you? We also have remote work support, which is a, another website that we've put up to help companies through this period. Yeah, well, they can certainly find you uh, on LinkedIn. Um, I've linked to your profile uh, in all the promotional stuff. And um, Ian, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Um, uh, you know, we, 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 I didn't want to get you on and talk about uh, fascinating stuff, of course, the world of plant and equipment uh, evaluation and, and optioning. But but I've had a couple of uh, I've had a couple of comments here of people really appreciating this session. So uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, Arabella. Thank you very much, Ian. And Thanks, thank Steve. you to uh, thank you. to everybody who's watched us live, and and thank you to everybody who uh, who listens to us on playback on the podcast and on YouTube. See you again. Cheers. Okay.